I've got got the victory. I've got the sweet, sweet victory in Jesus. Yes, I do. He is a mighty conqueror. In him, I will trust all my battles he'll fight. I've got got the victory. I've got the sweet, sweet victory, Jesus. For me, he died and he rose on the third day. That's why I have true victory every day. Welcome to Quarantine Devotionals. I'm Jada. Today is April 12th, 2020. Sunday, it is Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter. Um, Those lyrics are from artist Yolanda Adams and her song, Victory. And uh, I used to listen to it every morning on Easter. I came on the radio and I just think it's a beautiful song. But the words and the chorus are, for me, he died, but he rose on the third day. That's why I have true victory every day. So I want to talk about today why the resurrection is so important, why it matters. I want to start with Mark 15 verse 33 and this chapter is titled The Death of Jesus. It starts at noon darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. The translation for the Aramaic that he spoke was, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. First, I want to address a very important part of the scripture, Jesus' cry to his father. He says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I read that and I wondered, why Jesus, who knew this was going to happen to him, he knew this was all according to plan. Why did he cry out to God for forsaking him? And then something that I realized is something we forget about Jesus's death is that he didn't didn't suffer a normal death by any means. Yes, people were crucified. Other people were even crucified uh, beside him. But his death is miraculous in the fact that he had to bear the weight of all of our sins and all of God's judgment alone so that we ourselves did not have to feel it. So not only was he feeling extreme physical pain, the emotional turmoil, the spiritual turmoil of God literally forsaking him or it feeling like God is forsaking him in that moment because God's judgment bore on his son, on his own son, his judgment rained down and God's wrath enveloped him. In that moment, every sin that we think of, everything that we have done, all, all humans throughout the course of time, everything that we have done, everything we are doing, everything we will do, all of that wrath, all of that judgment, all of that anger from God, because we know he's slow to anger, but all of that time surpassing for what is supposed to represent an eternity of sinners, all of that was put on Jesus. Imagine what it feels like just in our daily lives when 
it feels like God isn't hearing us or God isn't listening. How agonizing that feels. That was multiplied by a trillion and that's what Jesus felt. And so his cry out to God was a cry because he felt truly abandoned. It was a cry because he knew exactly what was happening, but he, him, he didn't feel like he could handle it. He cried out to God. He didn't say, God has forsaken me. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's still crying out to him. He still believes. He still has faith. But it's taking everything he has right now to withstand the agony and the pain of dying for us. I don't think we truly grasp that, grasp that when we think of Easter, when we think of the resurrection, that we think of the weight and the horror of his death. We think of the crown of thorns. We think of the spear sticking through his side. We think of the beating that he took. But the severe stress, the emotional turmoil of knowing that you are bearing all of the creator's wrath, that is heavy. That's why we praise him. He took all of that away from us. None of us, none of us know what it means to be forsaken by God. None of us know that because of God, because he paid the ultimate price. Why is it the ultimate price? Because we know that the the meaning of creation was to glorify God. And the opposite of that is not just extreme disobedience, but extreme disappointment, extreme anger, extreme wrath from God, completely turning our backs on him. So that's the ultimate reward is is being with him. The ultimate price, the ultimate price is not. The ultimate price is, is true death, spiritual death. But Jesus paid that price. That was his sacrifice. He knew the entire time what would happen, but I don't think he truly, truly could could gauge how it would affect him in that moment. But he did it anyway. And that's the beauty of the resurrection. That is the beauty. He, all of that, he, all of that happened to him and God still rose his son. God still raised his son. We move over to Mark 16 and it says... Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Skip down to verse 12. It says, afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. 
the 11 now. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus has spoke to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the, the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. So here we see a, a general feeling of disbelief and a lack of faith on behalf of those who saw Jesus after he was resurrected. They couldn't believe it. They thought he was a ghost. They could not believe that he was there. This is all while through his life, performing miracles through his life, becoming an incredible blessing to an enormous amount of people and telling them that this was the prophecy, this was going to pass. And they still didn't believe it. Imagine the grief of that. Imagine the pain of that. They still didn't believe it after this, this was known to all of them that this would happen. At the Last Supper, he told them exactly what, what would go down, how it would go down, and what would happen afterwards, his resurrection. And none of that, none of that was enough to convince them that when they saw Jesus, it was really him. Maybe they were just in shock. But their first instinct wasn't belief, it was disbelief. Even after everything that happened, um, John 11, 25 to 26 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? The one who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Everything, the importance of the resurrection is that everything God, Jesus has said about God, about himself up until that point would have been null and void if he had not risen as he had said. It's very possible that his teachings would have gone on, but people would not have been convinced that he was the true son of man. But because he rose, because there were accounts, because the tomb was empty, his kingdom spread so beautifully after his death, after the resurrection. Because people started to believe. Imagine how hard it is to walk beside Jesus every single day. Him die, then him rise, and you still not believe in him. If it's that hard, then imagine how it must be now when we can't even touch him. We can't look at him. That's why it takes an incredible amount of faith. It, it truly takes an incredible amount of faith. Mark 16, 6 says, don't be alarmed. He said, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. 
Luke 24, 6, 7. He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Be crucified and on the third day be raised again. 1 Thessalonians 4, 14. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Resurrection is promised to you. Resurrection was promised to Christ and resurrection is promised to all of us because of Christ. Because he bore the weight of all, the weight of all sin, the weight of the death associated with sin. We have the opportunity to live in eternity with our Savior. To resurrect means to restore to life, to revive, to bring new vigor to. God revived the covenant. The new covenant, the shedding of Jesus' blood ushered in a new era of God in human relationship. We are no longer overcome by the weight of our sin. We experience extravagant forgiveness. We experience redemptive forgiveness in God. The resurrection changed everything. So why Is the resurrection important? Like I said, without the resurrection, everything that Jesus had promised before, it would simply be untrustworthy. It would simply be unbelievable. Because we're looking at a being who is supposed to be perfect, who is supposed to be the manifestation of God. And if one thing, just one thing that he says, if it doesn't come to fruition... How are we supposed to believe? How are we supposed to truly believe in him? Without the resurrection, there's no foundation for the church. There's no foundation for people to assemble and to be amazed by this glorious event in human history. There's nothing for people to grasp to. Because of this, the gospel spread like a wildfire. Because of this, the church was truly started. The church as we know it today started, truly started after the resurrection. The new covenant, the fact that, that life and death was no longer just about sin. The fact that we were already saved. We were already redeemed. He already paid the price. That changed, like I said, everything. Without the resurrection, we wouldn't know true sacrifice. It wasn't a, sac- it wasn't a sacrifice if, if Jesus didn't truly believe that he would be resurrected. If he had died, he would have been a martyr that had died. The sacrifice was him taking the risk of dying and knowing and hoping and believing that God will, will, will raise him from the dead. That was the sacrifice. The sacrifice was also the bearing of sin. What if he bared all that sin? He bore all that sin and he, he, didn't, rise, he, didn't, raise, he didn't rise on the third day. You see me struggling with those three variations of the word rise and raise and rose, whatever. <laughs> um, but he, he wouldn't have been able, if he wouldn't have been able to rise from the tomb 
Why did he bear all of it? He took the risk because he loved us. Because he loved us. I just, it's so powerful. I can barely begin to comprehend it. Jesus foretold his death. He said, the son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. He said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He said he must suffer many things from the elders and priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. God's suffering is is our victory. Jesus' suffering and his resurrection is our victory. John 10.10 says, um, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 says, I am the gate. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He will come and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it in, in all its fullness. Other translations say abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus, the good shepherd, lays down his life for the sheep. Remember when God said he would leave the 99 to save one? That's the fervor in which he loves you. The will, the will that he created when he knew that humans had messed up so bad that we would never be able to truly experience his grace. He manifested himself. His son. He sent his own son down to earth. They both knew this would happen. It was an incredibly powerful and painful event. And it ended up being something completely beautiful. Where do you feel in your life Where do you feel in your life that you're in a tomb right now? I've asked this before. What is your tomb? What is your place of darkness? In what dark room are you crying to God, why have you forsaken me? If there's anything, anything that you you feel such a way about, please, please have, have hope, have peace. Get comfort from the story, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This thing that happened to save all of us, to save you. If God could raise a man who bore the weight of sin and wrath from all of humanity, God can raise you from whatever you are going through. It doesn't matter what it is, who's down there with you, why you're down there, how you got there, how long you've been there. If the Son of God can be resurrected, having gone through what he went through, there's no doubt in my mind that God does the same for us. How could he not? Look at what he did because of his love for you. Imagine how Jesus felt the moment, the moment he knew that God breathed life back into his body. 
Imagine what that felt like for him. Imagine the the faith and the gratitude and the joy and the love and the peace and the comfort that he felt. That is what he wants us to feel. That is what we will feel if we keep the endurance, if we keep running this race, if we keep loving each other, if we keep following his commandments, being obedient, repenting, and knowing that Jesus is the way. There's nothing that God can't do. And on this Easter, it's so important to just remember the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, the power of his death, what it truly means for all of us sinners, power of him being laid to rest, and then being raised by God. He rose on the third day. That's why I have sweet victory every day. That's what the song says. I just, it's just a beautiful thing. And um, we think of Easter and we think of the bunnies and the, the dress, the dresses and the, the suits. But it's really just about reflecting and meditating on the fact that you are valued beyond your comprehension. That something like this would happen for you, for all of us. And I thought about getting dressed in my Sunday best and my Easter best and, you know, posting on social media. Like, even though we're at home, still celebrating Easter, but that's not celebrating Easter. That's celebrating our tradition that we've created for Easter, but that's not really celebrating Easter. I thought instead, let me try and understand the weight and the gravity of Jesus's death. I think that's what he wants us to do. To read those, we keep reading the same scriptures. Let's dive deeper into them. I'm sure there's more that we've yet to uncover. But imagine, just imagine how beautiful it all is. Just, uh, thank you, God. Let's pray. God, thank you for this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for seeing us fit to be worthy of your grace, worthy of your love, worthy of God of your redemption, you sent your only son so that we may have life and have it in fullness, God, in abundance. Thank you for that. God, thank you for sending an intercessor to us, sending someone who will come for us, someone who will give us peace, who will give us joy, God, who will relieve our pain, our strife, our worry, our fear, our anxieties. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you for the ultimate pay, the price that you paid. Thank you for your sacrifice. You know how we tell our soldiers, thank you for your, for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. Jesus, you are the ultimate soldier. Thank you for bearing the weight of all of our sin. The pain that you felt, we have no idea. Because of you, we have no idea. We have no idea the, 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 the despair, the abandonment that you felt. We don't know what the wrath of God truly feels like because you, you bore that for us. And there's no amount of thank yous, there's no amount of tears, there's no amount of praise that could truly repay you for everything that you've done. The only thing that we can do, God, is live life as you lived it, to walk beside you. The same Jesus, the same Jesus that died for all of us is still here to this day and forever walking beside us. He knows. Jesus, he's our intercessor. Why? Because he knows. He knows God's wrath. He's felt 
God's wrath. He's the only being that has felt God's wrath the way that he felt it. So he's a mediator between us both because he understands what it means, what it means to be a sinner. He, he knows what it, feel, what it feels like to have temptation. He was tempted himself. He knows what it feels like to be forsaken, to bear the weight of sin, to have that, that, that price paid. He knows that. And because he knows that, knowing everything that he does, he's able to intercede and to mediate between the two. He's able to be a testimony to us. He's able to be a testament to God's love because he knows and he has felt it firsthand what it means to experience extravagant grace. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done. We cannot even begin to comprehend. Jesus, but you, you want us to have everything that is promised to us. Your love for us is, is abundant. It's never ending. It never runs out. It's not limited. It's unlimited and it's, it's unfettered. So thank you. So we thank you today for your unrestrained love, for your unrestricted love, for your unconstrained love, for your free love, your unbridled love, God, your unchecked love, your unchained, unbound, uncontrolled, unhampered, unimpeded, unconfined, unshackled, loose, God. We thank you for your love and we thank you for the way that it moves in our lives. Ways that we can't even begin to comprehend, God. And because we can't comprehend, all we know is that it is there. And we praise you for the fact that we are able to feel it. For the fact that we are able to be assured that you love us and you love us in a way that we can never be loved by anyone else. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the death. Thank you for the crucifixion, God. Thank you for everything you have done far and why there is no limit to how much that we need to, how much we need to praise you, God. There is no limit to our thankfulness for you. We can't begin to repay you as I've said, but God, thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you are doing, everything that you will do. Your good and perfect will is always fulfilled. Your word is not returned to you void as we saw. It was not returned to you empty as you said. Nothing that you said, God, nothing that you said, Jesus, was untrue. And we thank you for your honesty. And we thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your mercy, your beautiful mercy that overcomes us all. Thank you, God, for the victory. We have the victory because you rose, God, because you rose. We are forever indebted to you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you on this Easter Sunday in every day, God. Every single day. You are our, our counselor, our mighty father, God, our friend in need, our provider, our prince of peace. Everything that we could possibly need and more. And we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you. Amen. God, thank you for this word. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Easter Sunday, I, I want you to truly think about the weight of everything Jesus did leading up to his crucifixion, after his crucifixion, 
everything everything in between beginning to end and where he is now in your life think about that the same jesus who is working in your life today who's giving you blessing after blessing the same jesus who intercedes for us today was the same jesus who died for our sins who cried out to his father who was crucified in a brutal way a death unimaginable by anyone else and then rose it's the same jesus i'll see you next time on quarantine devotionals um i, I want to take a look of, of uh, a look into what jesus wants for our lives and what he said and the word about how he wants us to live so we looked at the resurrection now let's look at how jesus wants us to live next time All right, thank you for tuning in. I'm Jada. This is Quarantine Devotional. See you next time.